2: She's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen.
1: She's wearing high-heel shoes. Got her wings on, too.
0: Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about crabs, possums, (laughs) slippery airplane bathrooms, a couple stories about uh, crap, (laughs) and a very touching story from a listener. Let's just get on with the show. Okay, is this a story from back in the day? <laughs> uh, back
3: in the day when we used to fly on a 727, um, we, I was doing a turnaround from Dallas to Portland, Oregon. And when we got to Portland, we were running a little bit behind schedule. The plane was completely full. I was on board later. This lady comes running up at the last minute and she has this box of like dungeness crabs. And and I was like, You need to just like sit down. I'll take care of this. I'll let you know, you know, where I put them. And, you know, so we got closer to Dallas and we got ready to land. And I was like, Ladies and gentlemen, we're about, you know, ready to land in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I said, uh, My whole spill about, you know, turn off everything and blah, 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 blah. And then I said, would the lady who gave me the crabs, please ring your flight attendant call light and identify yourself at this time. And everybody started laughing. And I sat there for a minute and then I realized what I'd said. And so anyways, nobody rang their flight attendant call light. And at the end of the flight, everybody got off and she was like, I am the lady that gave you the crabs. So I knew immediately that I had totally put my foot in my mouth when I said it, but I didn't really realize what I was saying. So
0: that's one of my funny stories. But did this really happen to you? Because I've heard versions of this story that I think people are retelling. Maybe they're retelling your story. this
3: really happened on a 727 coming out of Portland. And I I don't know, um, this truly did happen. But I asked everybody on the plane, would the lady who gave me the crabs, please bring your flight attendant call light. (laughs)
0: Because I heard a version, and they could be retelling your thing that that the flight attendant did that because she wanted to keep the crabs. Like she... (laughs)
3: oh no 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 I was just trying to find that lady because I told her I'd let her know where I put them and so uh but no this truly did happen on my flight and yes I felt like a complete
2: idiot
0: in the last episode I mentioned that I was doing a BBC documentary it was about a half an hour program I I recorded it over four different layovers in Europe and it came out, and it was it was so fun. Uh, to I got emails from all over the place. People enjoyed it. I, I guess I didn't make a complete fool of myself, which is really nice. I even – I did record. I went into a studio, you know, with the headphones and everything, when your voice sounds really loud. And I, I did read some intros, like, uh, after the news, you know, um, you might check out my show, Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. Anyway, I actually got tweets from people in England that they, they said – you just introduced the news, and I wish I could have heard it live. That would have been really exciting to hear little old me introducing the news on the BBC World Service. Anyway, people listened from all over, and it was just a really fun few days after while it was airing all over the world. And if you would like to listen to it, I put it on my website, com, and the tab is uh, BBC Documentary. It's about 30 minutes of uh, me talking, <laughs> but it's different than this show because it's... Uh, It's done professionally. (laughs) Okay, so you worked for another airline.
1: Yeah, when I worked for another airliner, uh, we used to always do red eyes out of Las Vegas. So everyone would always fall asleep where I think, and then they would all fart in their sleep. So we used to say, oh... That's that buffet coming out of them. Well, one time we were pretty light. (laughs) Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it was gagging. Well, one time we were pretty light, so a lot of the passengers could sleep across the three seats. This is in coach. Well, um, when I'm going through to check the seats, people got up to move on landing, and across three seats, shit everywhere. Someone shit their pants on the (laughs) plane. We have no clue which passenger it was that they had to get off. But then, on another flight on um, that same airline, the, the pilot told us to be seated. It was bumpy, so we all had to get strapped into our seat. And this poor unaccompanied minor, he was like 13 years old, comes running up to use the bathroom. So me and the other flight tank goes, honey, you got to go sit down. It's not safe. Well, we didn't know that he had really bad stomach pains and he had to go really bad. So he ran to the back galley to tell my friend back there. Well, next thing you know, he didn't make it to the back galley and he shit himself from head to toe. I look back there and there is my friend cleaning this poor kid off. Poop was underneath his jump seat. He, um, oh the kid God. had it all over his socks. It was horrible.
2: It's
1: not funny, but it was funny. The poor kid headed a plane with just a blanket wrapped around him. Time, a gentleman was waiting for the bathroom. He goes, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I said, Well, it's occupied, occupied. You know, they kept trying to push on it. Swear to God, I looked down. He pooped his pants, and the poop came out around the bottom of his pants onto the floor. It's disgusting. I can't believe he had that much uh... all on this other airline. Then we all got food poisoning. The flight attendants. So I'm riding the employee bus home, and I said to my friend, I go, oh, my God, I have such a stomachache. As soon as I get off the employee bus, I shit myself all the way through my pantyhose, all the way down my pants. I was sick and I didn't know what to do. I had to get in my car and drive all the way home like that. Oh <laughs> as God. soon as I get home, I peeled off my uniform and run in the shower, and I threw my uniform into the laundry room. And I come out, and my little Shih tzu, cute little Shih Tzu, was getting shitfaced in the laundry room. <laughs> she was licking my dirty, shitty drawers. I swear to God, She's so she got shitfaced. <laughs> then. All of us came into work and we we're talking about how we all crapped ourselves silly and our supervisor was so disgusting that I do not want to hear I'm gonna throw up if I hear one more of you have crapped your drawers in your skirts. <laughs> you know, and now I'm beginning to realize why there is no other airline because it's pretty shitty. All these stories are really crappy. <laughs>
0: On a recent international flight, I was walking from the coach cabin up to first class, and I was just happened to be walking by the lavatory. It's a lavatory for first class, and the door opens and out flops this man. He's about 50 years old, and he just collapses out literally into my arms, and I'm thinking, what are the chances that I have to be walking by when he, when he passes out? Not that it's funny. I'm not laughing about anybody passing out, but there is a rule with flight attendants uh, with uh, medical emergencies. It's basically, uh, if you find it, it's yours. (laughs) It's the same with puke. If you find it, it's yours. Other people will help you, but it's (laughs) it's your deal. So I'm just innocently walking by and this guy just falls out of the lavatory into my arms and I'm thinking, crap. For any number of reasons. Anyway, I I I say, are you okay? Are you okay? And uh, I try to like lift him up a little bit, just because I didn't want him to hit his head or anything. And he 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 came to, so I was thinking, oh good, you know, not having a heart attack or anything. And I get him up a little bit, and then he passes out again. And I'm thinking, oh crap! So another flight attendant sees. This and comes over, and I'm thinking, oh, good, got help right away. And she's like, we're both like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you on any medication? Uh, uh, and he goes, uh, it's slippery in there. And I'm thinking, it's slippery in there. <laughs> like, what is it? Like an ice skating rink? Because <laughs> just when he says it, I get him basically back up and he falls again. <laughs> I mean, was like, the guy was like, mush. Anyway, then, then we the two of us managed to get him up and he just he like ignores us asking him if he's okay if he needs medical attention and just goes into the bathroom and locks the door and we're both like okay so <laughs> they're doing the dessert cart in business and I go up and I tell the girl to go tell the purser that you know we might have a medical situation the guy just fell three times in the bathroom um and the girl on the dessert cart, I asked her, I said, well, you know, has he been drinking? She's like, yeah, he's been drinking. And uh, so we pretty much determine he's probably taken Ambien or some other sedative and drinking. This is becoming an epidemic. I mean, we used to have irritating passengers. We used to have angry passengers. Now we're just dealing with drugged out, crazy, fallen over passengers. They're always taking hammy and taking their clothes off, peeing. They do all kind of crazy stuff, and they don't remember any of it. Anyway, so I'm helping up there, and he comes out of the bathroom, and he 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 pretty much walks to his seat, and as he goes to sit down, it's not funny. I, I have to say, it's it's funny, but it's not funny. The, the The chairs up there are lay flat seats, but the back of the chair is is substantial it's like a hard plastic and he goes to sit down and then he falls back and he hits his head on the back the back of the chair like bonk. and I'm thinking Ooh so then he says to the other girl he's like I need another drink and the purser comes up at this time and says um did you take something? Did you take a sleeping pill? And he's like, yeah, I took a sleeping pill. And so at least we know that that's that. He's not having any other medical problems as to why he keeps passing out. And then he goes, I want another drink. And she's like, you can't have another drink. You just fell over three times. And he's like, I want another drink. And she's like, just just uh, sit down there and, and be quiet. She's thinking he's going to fall asleep since he's taken a sleeping pill and had a bunch to drink. So we, <laughs> I help the girl in the dessert car. We get back up to the galley. And here comes Mr. Slippery bathroom, like it's slippery. That's why he keeps falling over because it's slippery. Anyway, he comes up and he says, uh, "I need another drink." And she says, "Sir, you can't have another drink. You can't even stand." And he goes, "Yeah, I can stand. Watch." He puts his arms out to the sides, and then he falls. <laughs> he falls, bam, straight back down. <laughs> and he's going, "See, I can stand," and he just falls over again. Hits his head good lord, the guy's going to be have been beat up on this flight, He does not going to remember any of it. He's going to have all these bruises and bumps in the back of his head. So she gets him, and she gets him to get him back to his seat. He goes to sit down, and what does he do? He hits his head again on the back of the seat. I swear, the next day, he's probably thinking, boy, I have some terrible jet lag. And it's not jet lag, it's from him keep hitting his head. So this exact same flight, not 30 minutes later, the other aisle, it's a two aisle plane. I see this woman get up and uh, I hadn't been working in that cabin. So the purser says, Oh yeah, she's, she's, she's a mess. She's probably taking something too. And I can see she, she can't walk. She's wobbling and she's, you know, I'm afraid she's going to fall on somebody. So I run over there and I go, you know, uh, let me help you. And I literally, this was like a 50-something-year-old woman, I literally had to hold her under her armpits to make sure she wouldn't fall down like you would like a child who can't walk. That's how incapacitated she was from whatever she took and whatever she drank. So I'm holding her by her armpits. I get her back to the bathroom, and she's like, Ugh. and she goes to, she goes in the bathroom, and what does she do? She shuts the bathroom door with her hand halfway out. like. she She slammed the door on her own hand. Okay, so I'm like, man, there's a lot of drugged up people on this plane. So I decide I better wait with her. I better wait for her outside the bathroom because I know she's not, you know, she's not going to recover enough to be able to walk back to her seat uh, after she goes to the bathroom. She's in row two. So the plane has 10 rows in, in business class. So she comes out of the bathroom and She's standing there. I'm just getting ready to grab her armpits again, and she goes, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay. And she goes, uh, I'm gonna find him, and I'm like, what? She's like, <laughs> I'm gonna find him, and I was thinking, okay. So I get her by under the armpits again, literally holding her weight up so she she doesn't fall over, and we get to the back row of seats. She's in row two, so we're at row ten, and she she looks at the guy sleeping there, and she goes, Ah, Here he is. It's him. It's him. And I'm like, it's not him because I could tell she was sitting with a man at row two. So the man at row 10. Isn't whoever she's looking for so when we get to row nine and she's like it's him it's him i know it's him i'm like it's not him i now assume she's looking for her husband or boyfriend whoever she's with and it's certainly not in row nine we get to row eight it's him it's him i am like thinking it's not him I i had to tell her each person she would swear i know it's him this is him i know it's him i'm like it's not him so we finally i get her under holding her under the armpits get her up to row two she finally sees her her man, she's traveling with, and she's like, Oh, here he is. And I'm like, Yeah, that's him. And she goes, Oh, we've only been married two years. I'm thinking, Is that a reason, a good reason, why you can't recognize your own husband? I mean, these people are just whacked out. So I finally get her in her seat, and she goes, I want to listen to Michael Jackson. And I was like, Okay.
2: it was a while ago it was on a layover in india a flight attendant um was drinking you know we used to be able to meet in like a a big crew room after we'd land and so we were all up in the crew room and this flight attendant i actually i wasn't on the trip i just heard it this is a secondhand story this uh, flight attendant was in the crew room and i guess he was getting really drunk and in india lots of um eclectic crews come like from south africa Uh, from Germany, so he started going off on um, Hitler, and... Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, uh, apartheid, and he was offending... (laughs) Making racial... I mean, he was drinking. He was obviously very intoxicated, and I think he was mixing that with some uh, meds, if you will. So anyway... Self-medicating. Self-medicating. That was very easy to do in India, because you you have easy access to drugs. (laughs) So then... um, He uh, started really offending everyone and a pilot like had to like had him up against the wall and you know told him to knock it off and so these other pilots every the crew were you know they were very upset well he goes nuts and takes off i guess jumps out the window yeah he jumps out the window starts running down the embassy jumped out the window yeah uh uh-huh and his pants got caught on the yes true story his pants got caught so he's running through on the window so he's running through the streets of india india in his underwear (laughs) And he had a, I guess he had on like bikini underwear, <laughs> and he was going nuts. And so this is a true story, I swear. So then the next day, so then the next day, I didn't. No one really knew, and they were just like, "Oh my god!" And they didn't know what to do. Well, where did he go? Well, the U.S. Embassy. I guess an Indian person. T- thought he needed help and took him to the U.S. Embassy, and the U.S. Embassy contacted the hotel the next day, and the pilot had to go down and get him from the U.S. Embassy, and, I mean, it was crazy. It's like flight
0: attendants behind bars.
2: Right. (laughs)
0: update on my potential move to Hawaii. If you're a regular listener, you know I've been talking for months now about selling my place here in South Carolina and moving to Hawaii because I moved here to South Carolina um, from Los Angeles because I couldn't afford to buy anything in LA and I wanted to live at the beach. Uh, Knowing that I would have to commute, which is Frustrating, uh, time-consuming. Just because you got to fly standby, so I have to leave here six to eight hours (laughs) before I have to be at work. Uh, Which a lot of people do. It's not unusual. Uh, It's just time-consuming when you have a lot of other things you'd rather be doing than just getting to and from work. So one day I was driving in my car and I had driving to work, and, and I had this you know aha moment that I could now we actually. The whole time I've been working for this airline, we've never had a base in Hawaii, but we now have a base in Hawaii so I could live at the beach and not have to commute. And so I kind of was like, yeah, let's do that. So I was trying to be responsible. So before I put my place on the market or anything, I had always heard it was expensive in Hawaii. So I, I flew to Hawaii to look at property and I found a place that I could afford on the beach, on the water. I couldn't believe that I could afford a place. I mean, it was teeny tiny, 524 square feet, but I didn't think in a million years at my salary, I could afford, I could afford a place on the water in Hawaii. So I was so excited. Still didn't put my place on the market because I thought, you know, let's make sure everything's going to work before you get rid of this place here. Cause I do like my place here and I like the beach here. So I fly back to Hawaii and uh i decided to stay because the the building has a lot of um a lot of people who the owners they rent them out as vacation rentals and i thought oh okay i'll rent a unit in the building that i'm wanting to buy the same size a little tiny one just to make sure it's not too small um you know check things out like at night and uh see how I'll secure it feel all kind of things like that cuz normally you can't sleep in a place you're thinking of buying so i everything went great on that trip and i was sold and i you know, I was ready to come back, but my place on the market, I met uh, a guy there who would potentially be my next door neighbor. And I asked him a bunch of questions. And he said to me, Oh, so you're, you're paying cash. And I was like, No, I'm thinking, I don't have cash on my flight. The whole purchase price of a property. <laughs> and he goes, um, I didn't say that. But then he goes, Well, how are you gonna buy it? And I'm thinking, to get a mortgage i'm thinking what's wrong with him you know that's what people do that's what you do you get you get a mortgage that's how you buy a place it's normal and he just kind of looked at me like she's crazy and i'm looking at him like well he's crazy (laughs) well i came back here put my place on the market was so excited ready to move to hawaii and uh you know when uh there's that saying if it seems too good to be true you know probably was too good to be true because I'm having a big (laughs) I'm hitting nothing but stumbling blocks. I, you know, just assumed that since United, that Hawaii is part of the United States, (laughs) that it was just like, you know, the rest of the states and uh, it's turning out it's not. I got my current mortgage through the credit union for my airline so I started the, the pre-qualification process and I am doing the thing online and it comes to the drop-down menu for the states and uh, there's no Hawaii so I call they can oh there's a mistake on the website and the drop-down menu there's no state of Hawaii and they go oh no it's not a mistake we don't write mortgages there and I was like you don't write mortgages there. Uh, I didn't have any trouble getting a mortgage before, so I didn't. I wasn't expecting any problems. So I think okay, well, I'll I'll go to another bank, and I you know Googled banks in Hawaii and things like that, and saw that Wells Fargo writes mortgages in Hawaii. So I did the whole pre-qualification process with him. You know how you send them everything, all every financial record, all your bank statements, all that, and uh, my credit is excellent and. They pre-qualified me for more than what the condo was for. So I was kind of like, okay, back in business, you know. And then they, uh, when I gave them the address of the building, I got another. They were like, we can't write a mortgage for this property. And I was like, why? They said, it's considered rural. I'm thinking, rural? (laughs) It's actually even hard to say rural. They said, yeah, we can't write a mortgage there. That's considered USDA And uh, you'd have to get a USDA loan. So I thought, okay. I contacted the USDA and they said, we don't write mortgages in Hawaii. So I was like, sheesh. So it's probably a good thing at this point I didn't get an an offer on my place because I would have sold my place. And not realizing that it was going to be so difficult to get a mortgage there. So uh, I went with a local bank in Hawaii and they will write a mortgage, but I had to put 30% down. And that's my last one. 30% is a lot. I, you know, there's a big difference between 20% and 30%. <laughs> and I never even heard of having to put 30% down. So I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm going to get to, uh, I don't think I'm able to afford it. So I think I'll be staying here a little while, <laughs> but you know, I like the European flying. So, and I, I like, my place here. So, you know, I guess maybe the Hawaiian dreams are done for the moment. But looking back when I was talking to my potential next door neighbor, when he was saying, uh, so you're going to pay cash. And I was like thinking, no, (laughs) I'm thinking, I'm crazy. I'm just gonna get a mortgage. And he was looking at me like, "Mm, she's crazy. And you know what? I guess he was right. Anything you don't want to do on the flight,
3: I'm there. It was from Atlanta okay. to
0: Cincinnati on a
3: 727, and this guy was sitting at like row 13C, and this New York lady came up and she was like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's a man back there," and she she goes, um, "He's exposing his penis," and and all these like million miler's were sitting because I was on board later and I was up there with the captain. And they were all just, like, listening to this lady go on in her New York accent. And um, so, anyways, the captain said, why don't you go out back there and check it out? So I went back there, and um, sure enough, he was real proud of it. Like, when I went back there, he would pull up these, like, little pants things, and it was sticking out the bottom of it. And and so the captain goes, well, and I said, well, and in front of all these passengers, because they had heard the whole story about how his penis was exposed. I go, I don't know whether to tell him to put it back in his pants or ask him for his phone number and they all started laughing all the first class passengers were laughing so then finally the captain ended up pulling him off and he and he said oh, i'll pull my pants down you know he had like these parachute pants this is in the 80s and you could like roll them up and snap them up and he was like i'll totally make them longer and he was like nope you're a pervert get off my plane this is my plane we left him there
0: actually it wasn't that uh, what you said
3: the pilot did he? Mm-hmm. he the, pi- them off. The, pol- the pilot. Uh, no, he didn't pull off his pants. No, we had seen enough of that already. Um, he just pulled them off the aircraft and he was not allowed to fly. So, yeah, that's another 727. Yeah,
0: but that's a true story. Okay, so you work for a different airline. We had, um, I was working a flight to Dhaka. You know where Dhaka yeah. is? Bangladesh and um people don't know how to use the bathroom they don't do they they don't they use a different style
2: of of, uh, toilet
0: yes that's why and that was different i mean um one of the passengers he didn't lock his uh his door so i opened it thinking it was vacant i found (laughs) him sitting actually you know you know where he put he puts his feet on the You know where we put the our thighs right there? He put his feet in there. i see seen footprints there before too. <laughs> you did? <laughs> okay. I was surprised. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's funny, you're not surprised at him being naked. You're like, but what are you doing? How are you doing that? So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, I'd like to ask you to consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click on the Amazon links. I also have international Amazon links like uh, Amazon UK, Amazon Germany, (laughs) Amazon in Spanish. Anyway, if you click on those links or just the regular amazon links here in the united states if you click on those links it doesn't cost you anymore you'll pay the exact same amount you were going to pay on amazon but a little percentage co- goes to the show uh, it's a fabulous win-win situation i don't have to ask you to buy anything but if you're gonna buy something on amazon anyway if you go to bettingthesky.com, it supports the show thank you so much
1: Yeah, it was a long time ago, and it was out of Alabama, and I can't remember which city it was, and we were serving a choice of chicken or pasta. Right. And a passenger said, you know, I think I'll have the possum. It's been a long time (laughs) since I've had possum. (laughs) And I just thought it was so funny, because first that somebody would ever eat possum,
0: and that they would think that we'd serve it on the airplane. On the airplane? Yes, here, have some possum. Chicken or possum? Chicken or possum. got this extraordinary email from a listener. She said, My name is Nina, and I am a US Navy veteran. I thought I would share a personal story from the sky. In 2003, my unit was scheduled to deploy to Japan but instead we received orders to deploy to Kuwait. On our flight over, we were in one of the larger international planes with three seats to the outside and four seats in the middle. We were jam-packed in the plane with all of our gear. I wish I could remember the name of the airline or the flight attendant. There was this one flight attendant. She went up and down the aisle asking for names and phone numbers to call of a loved one back home. And so she could say that so-and-so had arrived in country. Her list was long, and out of the kindness of her heart she was doing this. She didn't want calling cards or money to help pay for the calls. It was not until I came home from my deployment to Kuwait that I remembered the flight attendant and her kindness and asked my mom about it. My mom said she did remember receiving that call. And she said she cried, and the flight attendant cried On her end end of the line with her too. To share that personal moment with someone, to call a long list of families, and who knows how many other cries she shared with those families. If you read this in your podcast, I would like to include a note to that flight attendant wherever she is. Thank you so much for your dear kindness. As we were going off to serve our country in a time of need, you did an amazing service to that plane full of service members. Talk about an amazing random act of kindness. From you, I started to do my own little random acts of kindness. Thank you for showing me how wonderful it is. We need more people in the world like you. In the last episode, I mentioned that I got into a little miscommunication with a passenger and another flight attendant when I was saying I was going to Bolivia, and they thought I was saying I was going to Libya. And they were all like, don't you think that's a little dangerous? And here I was like, oh, no, it's not dangerous. (laughs) Because I didn't realize they heard Libya instead of Bolivia. Well, actually, I decided I'm not going to Bolivia. And then next, I decided I was going to Malawi in Africa. And I had pretty much planned that Malawi trip, even though it wasn't going to be very easy for me to get there because my airline doesn't fly there. Uh, And then I heard on the radio, I've been hearing about Greece on the radio. And I feel really bad about all the austerity, you know, they have there and there's a lot of protests. Uh, It's very disheartening but then again I heard something else on the radio saying how that right now Greece is a bargain because they're having such economic problems and actually tourist dollars really help and I thought well you know what I've always wanted to go to Greece I've never been there I actually planned a trip there in 2010 and decided it was too expensive uh, I te- I typically pick my destinations uh, on the cost factor. So I don't usually go to expensive countries. I hardly ever, almost never go to Europe unless <laughs> the airline is paying for my hotel room because it's too expensive. But I I got out my book from 2010. And like a hotel that was $200 a night, which I would never spend is now like $60 a night. I mean, we're talking a huge discount. So I thought, you know what? It's, it's another win-win. I, I can go there at a discounted price. And I probably wouldn't go if it was regular prices. And I can also help the economy by adding tourist dollars to Greece. So I think I'm going to Greece. So maybe in the next episode, hopefully I'll have a lot of Greek stories to tell. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And hopefully I will be traveling to Greece unless I change my mind yet again. I do have about a week before it's time to go. (laughs) It had been Bolivia, then Malawi, now Greece. You never know. (laughs) I could change my mind again. Anyway, thanks for listening. Join me again next time so we can travel around the world somewhere together.